All right, while they're receiving the offering, let's go ahead. Let's open up our Bibles uh, to the book of Psalms. Um, if you didn't bring a Bible this morning, maybe you forgot your Bible at home or you, you don't have a Bible, you can, you can use your phone, your tablet, iPad, whatever, or you can reach underneath your seat. There's a Bible right underneath the seat you're sitting in, um, and you can open that Bible up to Psalm 46. Just let it open right up to the middle. You'll hit Psalms and work your way to Psalm 46 is where we're going to be together this morning. We've been in the book of Psalms all summer long. Um, since uh, the end of May, we've been in the book of Psalms together, um, and we've been, we've been walking through this idea, uh, this series called uh, The Anatomy of the Soul, The Anatomy of the Soul. Uh, John Calvin, the great Swiss um, reformer and theologian, wrote uh, this commentary on the Psalms, and in the first volume, uh, he says, the Psalms are an anatomy of all parts of the human soul. And that's where this idea comes from, where the, the psalms expose our soul. They expose um, the desires of the, our soul. They expose the longings and the needs of our soul. They expose things about God, how he engages uh, with our souls. Um, and, and, and Calvin understood this idea, and we've been kind of unpacking that all, all summer long as we walk through the psalms together. And so this morning, we're just going to jump right in, Psalm 46 is where we're going to be, um, and we're going to look at how, what, does this, what does this communicate about our souls this morning. So let's dive in. I'm just going to read through it, and then we'll unpack it. Let's go. Psalm 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way. Though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, Selah. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter, he utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will exalt, I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. All right. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Uh, we see that uh, repeated several times throughout this psalm. And we've talked about that idea this summer. Is when you're reading the psalms, one of the things that we must do is look for what, what repeats. What, it, what is something that we see come, kind of pop up multiple times? What are those things? And this idea that the God of the universe, the God of Jacob, uh, in, in the Israelite kingdom, this would have been a big deal. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Our souls, the human soul, your soul and mine, longs for a fortress. It longs for security. It longs um, for something that's going to be, uh, that's going to keep us safe. It's going to be steadfast. It's going to be unmovable. We long for a fortress within our souls. We're constantly looking for things that will secure us. 
you and I, you have things in your life right now. What we do kind of in our brokenness is we, we, we create these small little fortresses that we think are steadfast, that we think are mighty, that we think will not be moved. We, we fool ourselves into believing that they are unmovable, and we put our hope and our trust in them. We form our own fortresses because the soul craves security. It craves protection. Um, I just watched a, a movie that just came out uh, where Robert De Niro plays Bernie Madoff. It was a, like an HBO special thing. Um, and Robert De Niro plays Bernie Madoff in this, in this movie called uh, The Web of, Web of Lies. Or no, oh, The Wizard of Lies. Much better title. The Wizard of Lies. Um, and, and for those of you who don't remember, Bernie Madoff, um, back in the day, was one of the kind of known as, he was known as one of the greatest um, investors of all time. Uh, he, he had this kind of Midas touch, right? People would um, give Bernie their, their money, um, and he would invest their money um, and, and just constantly, always, always, always found success. He always could make more money out of money. He just had this ability to invest money so amazingly well um, that, that people thought this, this is a sure and steadfast fortress of finance, if I, if I give my money to Bernie, um, it, it's going to multiply. It's going to be good. Even, even when things are down, when times are hard, um, Bernie Madoff, his company, could, could make money. It was just this crazy thing. Well, it turns out it wasn't true. In 2008, we found out that Bernie Madoff had actually stole, here it is, ready, $20 billion from his investors. I mean, you can't wrap your mind around that. $20 billion with a B, $20 billion. He, he, had, he had stolen it. And, and the FBI, to this day, can only find about half of it. How do you lose $10 billion? Like, well, how, how, is that, how is that possible? I have no idea, right? But he, here's, the, here's the moral of the story. Never trust a guy named Bernie with your money. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Like, I could have told you that well before 2008. All right, guy's name's Bernie. Uh, he shouldn't be handling. He shouldn't be handling your money. Um, no, he he had people had entrusted him because it was a sure and steadfast fortress that they had created in their own minds. Right, the fortress of finance was this guy named Bernie. And his, and his company, it was this sure and steadfast idea. We've all created fortresses in our lives. Our soul longs for, and therefore we will find it. One way or the other, we will find it. Some of you, your fortress is, is your health, right? You are the, the guy or, or, the, or the gal that, that wakes up early, goes for a run, comes home and, and, and drinks that kale smoothie, right? You, you go to work. You don't sit on a normal de desk chair because that's for lazy people. You sit, you sit on one of those balls or maybe you got a standing desk. Like, that's you. You, 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 you. And then for lunch, you, you got your acai berries. And then, at, then you come home and you're on a treadmill all night long. You're going to the gym. And then it's like flaxseed for dinner. Like, you're like, Ma, I've built I've built a fortress that is my health, and I, there's no way. There's no way I'm getting cancer because I drink kombucha like water. It's just like, what's what I do, right? And there, there's no way, right? We've built this idea that, that I can build a fortress of health. Some of you are like, what's kombucha? I can see the conversation going on, explaining it. Um, it's delicious. Uh, he, 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 
here it is. We, we, built, we built these, these fortresses, like our family. There's no way my family's going to ever get sick or get hurt. I'm like helicopter mom. I'm always watching out for, for my kids or helicopter dad. There's no way. Like I'm investing in their future. I'm saving money for them. They don't even know. I, I mean, I'm going to protect them every step of the way. There's no way. Like there's no way. We build these fortresses of security, but the reality is, the reality is, is that you know soul knows there is no security there. Blase Pascal was uh, a French mathematician and theologian, philosopher in the 1500s, and I love Pascal. I've read a lot of his work, and one of his most famous quotes is, is simply this. He says, all men's miseries derive from not being able to sit in a quiet room alone. All of our anxiety, all of our stress, all of our worry uh, come from one singular place, Pascal says. We can't sit in a room alone. Because when we do, our thoughts begin to creep in and, and our soul begins to whisper, hey, the thing you built actually isn't that secure. It's actually not that secure. It might not last. In fact, it will not last. If you live long enough, that kombucha is going to wear off. And, and, and your, your health will fail you. If, you. if you live long enough, um, the money will run out. If you live long enough, your kids are going to let you down. Your spouse is going to let you down. And for every single person in this room, I can stand on stage and say, with certainty... You have built something in your life and you thought, this is great, and it has let you down. Maybe it's a friendship, and maybe, it's, maybe it's a marriage, maybe it's a career, maybe it's an investment. I don't know, but it's let you down. I can say with certainty, we build fortresses and they let us down. We know this to be true. We don't want to think about it, and so we busy ourselves. We create diversions. Pascal talks all about this idea, right? We create diversions in our life to keep us out of that room where we don't have to sit alone. We never have to be alone. We never have to be alone with our thoughts. We never have to hear that voice in our, side, in our mind, the back of our mind saying, hey, it's not actually going to work out that way, right? We don't want that, and so we busy ourselves. We pick up hobbies. We work long hours, right? We don't want to work long hours to make more money. We work long hours because we don't want to be alone. We don't have to think about it. We shuttle our kids from this thing to that thing to that thing to that thing, not because they want to be in all those things, because we don't want to be alone. We don't have to think about it. So we busy ourselves. But you know, you know, the fortresses that you have built and created are will indeed let you down. The psalmist knows this. This is, why, this is how he says it in verse 2. He says it this way. He says, therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way. Though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, right? He doesn't say if. He doesn't say if the earth gives way. He doesn't say if the mountains uh, be moved into the heart of the sea. He doesn't, he doesn't say that. He says, though, he knows, as you know, in the quiet room alone, that even, even the earth we live on is not a fortress. 
fading. It's broken. The things we've been built our lives around, the things that we've built to protect us, are not all that secure. And if you live long enough, every single one of them will let you down. He knows that. He knows that. Everything around us, our friends at some point will hurt us. Our health at some point will fail. The earth around us at some point will crumble. Yellowstone's going to blow. I'm just saying. It's coming, all right? Those people are crazy. Don't worry about it. But if you live long enough, it's happening. All right? Here's what he says. In verse 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. This fortress, right, is a present help. It's a present help. The God, the God that you and I worship, the one that's here today, the one that we're talking about right here, is a present help. So when those things go down, and they will, psalmist knows it, you know it, I know it, when they go down, when they break, when they fall, he's there. Our God is not a God who, when our friends abandon us, he pulls out and says, you know what, me too, I'm out. That's not our God. When, when um, our finances run out, he's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to keep feeding that bad habit. I'm out. That's not who he is. He is there in the midst of it. He is a present help. In fact, the psalmist goes on in, in 4 through 7, he says, he says this way, he, he contrasts, he says, here's the world, it's, it's crazy, it's foaming, it's, it's, it's roaring, right? He's going to contrast that with God. Here's the picture he paints in verse 4. There is a river, he's not talking about a little, literal river, he's talking about God. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. The holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Here's what, here's what he says. He says, he says, yes, all of your, all of your fortresses, right? They're, they're, all they do is create more worry and anxiety and stress in your life. That's all they do. It's like, I built this thing, but I think it's going to fail. I think it's going to collapse. I don't know when. Ah! It's like stress and worry and anxiety. In fact, the things that you've invested in the most and you've built into the most create the most worry and anxiety in our lives. They're the things that get us going the most. And he says, no, no, no. But God, this fortress of the soul... Is like a smooth flowing river, and its streams, these little babbling brooks, flow through the city of God. Those who draw near, those who dwell with him, those who, um, those who make him their God, and he becomes their God, and, um, and those who know him, those who love him through Christ, um, he becomes, he becomes the one thing in life that does not move that will never be moved. When we see, we see this, there's everything around us is creating anxiety and stress in him. The emotions of anxiety don't move. There's no anxiety when it comes to God. There's no stress when it comes to him. He is who he is, yesterday and today and forever. And he will never leave us or forsake us. He is a present help in that moment. 
He goes on, the nations rage, the kingdoms totter, right? Yeah, yes. Even in the midst of all of the peace, even in the midst of all of this goodness, this flowing river and streams, the nations out there, they rage, the kingdoms totter. These are things that we think are immovable. These are things that we build and we think this for sure is secure, right? Do you think the ancient Babylonians thought Babylon would cease to exist one day? The Greeks, did they think that Greece would fall? Or the Romans after them? No way is Rome going to fall. The greatest empire that's ever, the world has ever known. If we've conquered the known world, how could anyone ever conquer us? In the same way, we think here in our country, in our nation, that we're good. It'll never fall. Nations rage. Kingdoms totter and fall. They're all insecure. None of them are a fortress. None of them. When God speaks, the earth melts. It literally melts before him. Who is going to attack this fortress? Who is going to attack the fortress of an almighty, all-present, sovereign God over all things? The, the, the author goes on, he says in verses 8 and 9, Come and behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. No, no one wages war against him. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. There's, there's no point for war anymore because no one attacks this fortress. No, no one ever is going to attack the fortress of God. There, there's, no, there's no one who stands a chance against it. So some of you might be sitting there and you might be thinking, okay, Josh, so what you're saying is if I put my hope in him, if, if I make him my God and I'm, I'm, I'm his people and um, I have a relationship with Jesus, therefore he's my fortress and nothing bad will ever happen to me. Is that what you're saying? My finances will always be good. My health will always be good. My family will always be good. My friends will always... No. No. That's not what the psalmist is saying. That's not what the psalmist is saying. So many religions, that's, that is the claim. That's the, the pitch, right? If you believe what we believe and you follow the rules that we set out and you, and you invest your money uh, in the places where we tell you to give your money, then you will have health and then you will have finances, and then everything will work out for you, and God's going to bless you, but that's not what God says. That's not what the God of the Bible says, and that's what the psalmist says. What God says is that if, if you make me your fortress, if you make me your God, if you believe in me, I will give you me, and I am all that you will ever need. In, in the moments of terror, I'm all that you will ever need. In the bleakest, darkest hours of life, I am all that you will ever need. And some of us in this room this morning, we are, we are in that moment now. That moment is, is present for us. I, I don't know what it is for you. I, I don't know what fortress you built that is crumbling. Or, or maybe it's something that you, you're, just, you're just sitting here because you know it's, it's, it's about to happen right? I don't know what it is for you. Maybe it's marriage. Maybe it's health. Maybe it's a future dream, a plan that you had, and it's just, it's just crumbling before your eyes. It's just not going to work out the way that you thought it was going to work out, the way that you'd hoped it was going to work out. 
But what the psalmist is saying is, yeah, we, we know. We, we know that that was never going to actually work out. That it was never going to actually protect your soul. But that the God of the universe is a clear and present help in that moment, in that hour, He's there. You see, most of us, we go through life thinking that we have kind of conquered this ability to be the sailors, the captains of our vessels in life. We have this ability to to sail the ships of our life and and, and, and kind of the calmness maybe has lulled us to sleep a little bit because everything's going well. Everything's everything's fine. We got a great house and finances and and a a good job and a good family. Everything's going well, right? And, And the calmness of the sea has kind of lulled us to sleep. As soon as the waves begin to rise and crash a little bit too much, as, as, soon as, as soon as the winds pick up just a little bit too much and the breakers begin to swell, it's in that moment that we realize we were never in control to begin with. Never, never had a grasp on this thing. Yeah, I was driving and I was steering, but I was never actually in control at any point. I thought there was this fortress, but then as soon as things get a little crazy, we realize we're actually helpless. So what do we do? What do we do in that moment, in in that hour, in that season, when when everything begins to fail? What, What do we do? The psalmist tells us, and I think it's actually fascinating because of the quote that I said at the beginning with Pascal about how all man's miseries kind of derive from the same spot, that we that we don't want to be alone. Uh, in, in a room by ourselves with just, just our thoughts. Like that's, that's where all stress and anxiety come from, right? That's where, that's where all the pain comes from and the misery comes from is being alone in a room with our thoughts. Except for those who have built their fortress on God and God alone, where God has become their fortress. Because here's what the psalmist says in verse 10. Here's the solution. Be still. And know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The solution to all the stress and all of the anxiety, all of the worry that we find in our life, the, the clear and present dangers, the pain, the sorrow, the things um, that, we've, that we've placed hope in that's teetering and tottering, and we're not sure which way it's going to fall, but we know it's going to fall. And the last thing we want to do is be alone in a room and be still, but the key is simply being still and knowing that he is God present help in that moment, a fortress of our soul. Yesterday, as I said before, my, my wife gave birth to a, a little baby boy, and it was actually, it was a C-section. Uh, we had an we emergency C-section with our, with our first little baby boy, and this one, uh, they told us that's what we should do, and so we had this thing planned. It was supposed to happen tomorrow, and, it, and uh, she went into labor yesterday, and so we went in, and um, I'll tell you, for, for a guy like me, it, it, it's like the worst place to be. Um, the first one was just like so fast, it was over. Um, this one was just like, they just took their time. 
Um, and we're sitting in this room, uh, in, in this operating room, and I've got this like crime scene uniform on. Like I look like the Easter Bunny uh, with blue hair. Um, and I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm looking around, and there's, I don't know what anything in the room is. There's not one thing. That I'm like, oh, yeah, I know what that does. Not one. Like, there's not one. There's nothing. I'm asking. I'm like, hey, what is, why is there like a, bu- like a bubble full of rocks? Like, what is that? And the guy's like, oh, that's the carbon dioxide uh, filter. I'm like, why do you need that? Like, why, what, what's that for? Like, it kind of stresses me out a little bit. Because my personality is when there's, when there's a moment of anxiety or a moment of stress or a moment where things could go wrong, like, my, my personality is just jump in, grab the bull by the horns, and we're going to steer this ship into harbor, and we're going to fix this situation. That's just what I do. I can walk into a, a stressful situation and just kind of figure it out. Like, I'm okay with that. But literally in that room, I'm sitting there, and I'm like a fish out of water. I'm like, where am I? I, I don't know what any of this stuff is. And, and, and the, the love of my life is, is laying there, and, and they're about to cut her open. I'm like, this is, this is crazy. And then I hear one of the nurses say, oh, yeah, this is my first time, straight up. <laughs> and another, another doctor in the room, a doctor in the room, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm here training. Sweet. Awesome. So you're saying you know about as much as I do about this stuff. This is great. This is amazing. Um, and I, so my, my goal was just to become like as small as possible so that I was like out of the way. I was like, I'm tiny, I'm tiny, I'm tiny, I'm tiny. No, no I'm not going to get in anybody's way. I'm just going to just be here. Um, and in that moment, um, anxiety and stress begins to build because I'm just out of control, right? The waves are building, and I'm just like, this boat's going wherever it's going because I, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Um, and this, this psalm, you know, I've been working on this for a few weeks and reading through this for a few weeks, and it's, it's been in my heart, it's been in my mind, and it just comes to me, be still. Dude, still your crazy little heart, Josh, because what are you going to do? And what does it matter anyways? What does it matter anyways? If, if the Lord wills, your wife and your little baby boy will end up healthy and all is well. He is sovereign. He's in control. There's never been a moment in the history of time where he has been caught off guard or surprised by something. There's never been a moment in, in all of creation where he's been like, oh, I wonder why that happened that way. He's never walked into a room and been like, I don't know what anything does in this room. I don't know what any of these things are. That's never happened. He's always sure. He's always steadfast. He always knows what's coming. He's never been surprised. He's never been caught off guard. And if it doesn't work out, if something does go wrong, this little fortress that I've built crumbles, are those things no longer true? They are still very much true. He was not caught off guard. He was not surprised. He is still the fortress of my soul. He is the God who has rescued and redeemed me. He has loved me and he has brought me back to him again and again and again and again and again. He will never leave me or forsake me. He is with me in this room no matter what happens. He is who he is. He will not be moved. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It does not matter. Be still, my soul, and rest in your fortress. 
Your fortress has conquered sin and death. Your fortress has conquered all things. And so whatever happens, it doesn't matter. All things are conquered anyways. Yes, there could be sorrow. Yes, there could be mourning. Yes, there could be pain. But in the end, it's conquered anyways. When I say he's conquered sin, I don't just mean my shortcomings and my failures or your shortcomings and your failures. I mean he's conquered all sin, all brokenness for all time. He's making all things new. He's creating and sustaining a new heaven and a new earth that we will dwell in and we will have possession over. It's our inheritance. And there will be no more mourning. There will be no more sorrow. There will be no more tears. So what? My fortress is secure. Because my fortress is the God of the universe. Conquered death. And so, yes, my, fa- my health will fail me. And so will my wife's health, and so will my boy's health. So what? My fortress will not be moved. It will not be moved. It will not be surprised. It will not be caught off guard. It, w- it will not... It, it will not fail. And so in, in that moment, I sit there, and all anxiety, I kid you not, I promise you, all anxiety, all stress just stops. Because what is there? What is there to worry about? What is, what is worry? It's a waste. It's a waste of time. It's not true. It's not worth. It's not worth it. Be still, my soul, and know that your fortress present. He's gone to the cross. He's conquered sin. He's conquered death. He's bled for you. He's given his life for you. He's covered all in his blood. He's making all things new. Rest in him. All there is there is peace. Fortress of peace. There's no stress. There's no anxiety in that fortress. Let's put our hope and our faith and our trust in him and Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Let's cling to him, our protector. Let me pray for us. Jesus, I praise you. I praise you for this church, the way that you've sustained her, the way that you've breathed life into her, the way that you've protected her. I pray that we would rest on you, that you would be our fortress, that we, that we, wouldn't, we wouldn't put our hope in, in the ideas of man or the programs of man, the dreams of man. We would put our hope in you and you alone. We'd build everything in our lives on you and you alone. I know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that there are men and women in this room this morning that have anxiety and stress and worry that is just pounding out of their chest. It is is causing so much pain, so much strife in their life. Still their soul. Still. Help them to just know the truth of you, the truth of who you are. Not truths that we make up in our mind and make believe fairy tales about a God and how he's going to provide for us in every single second and every single moment you're going to give us everything that we want. No, the truth of scripture. That though the mountains might tumble into the sea, though the earth gives way, though your waters roar and foam, there is nothing to fear. You are a fortress. You are a fortress. Our hope is sure and steadfast. An anchor of our soul. Jesus, we praise you. Praise in your name.
Amen.